She's alive. Alive! What's up, you guys? Welcome to the Ghoul Gang. I am Caroline. And I'm Ellie. Yeah, I mean, it's been a minute. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> and and we've finally mustered up the mental capacity to record an episode, so we hey. We stopped disassociating for, <laughs> I mean, approximately 30 minutes. Uh... <laughs> and we're, we're here to record an episode for you guys. Um. Obviously, there's a lot happening in the world and in our What's the date today? What, it's June, the 20th. June 20th, 2020. Yeah, All right. 2020. So, so you can place us in time. If you're listening to this in the future, in you know, your, your bunker um, as the, <laughs> the wasteland above you. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's going to be like someone's going to listen to this. They're going to hear the date and be like, ooh. Turning like, that. That's uh that's pretty close to um the end of the world, July twenty second, yeah. which is what we're probably gonna get into today, but it's 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 not probably Caroline. It is <laughs> it it is. Um but just uh right off the top, we just wanna say a few things. We've been gone a while. Thank you for those of you who have been checking in on our Instagram, which also has not been very updated because everyone has been just kind of keeping their head above water, um, doing what they can. Right off the top, we just want to say Black Lives Matter, Happy Pride Month, defund the police, fuck Donald Trump. Wear a mask. Wear a mask. And um, we will put uh, on our Instagram places that we've been donating recently. If you would like to do the same, if you haven't already, I'm sure a lot of our listeners probably already have. But uh, that being said, Caroline, we're two days away from the end of days. Well, it's actually July, July 22nd. Uh, so we, we have a whole month. A month and two days. <laughs> so what we're going to talk about today is is uh, we're, we're going to get into some true crime here. Um, this is something that I have been like unhealthily obsessed with during choir um to the point where like i know <laughs> i know so much about it that i've been trying to explain the whole case to different people and every time i do people are just like i you have to i i don't what <laughs> okay like, it's now to be fair i think i've actually been able to follow what you're saying okay, like i think so you've done a really good job it is and i'm not just saying that because i love you i'm saying it because <laughs> it's true we all need, maybe I'm just, you know, you need a boost right now, self-esteem, but I think you're doing I a really a good job. I need confidence in order to get into this, because again, this might be like a two and a half hour long podcast, but if you guys have been at all following the insane case of Lori Vallow and Chad Daybell, that is what we're going to be talking about today. This is like Chris Watts level <sighs> insanity, and honestly, it's, I'm going to say that it's it's crazier than the Chris Watts story. I think we so. We all know how... I think so too. Insane, the Chris Watts story is. I think so too, um, and that's a that's that's the last one that I did like such a deep, unhealthy dive into. This one, I for whatever reason didn't really. I heard about it, but I didn't follow it. And then every once in a while, I'd get a text from Caroline and be like, "Did you fucking see <laughs> this?" 
shit. And I'm like, no. And then as soon as someone mentioned aliens, I was like, well, shit. Guess I'm going to have to get into it. I've, I've been following this since the beginning of the year, probably January, when I first became aware of what was happening. And basically, it's it's such a incredible story that like every week something new and insane happens and is and it just like the amount of complexity (laughs) in this whole thing is just it's it's wild so and we're gonna we're gonna try to explain the whole story to you and hopefully (laughs) this inspires you to to go down these rabbit holes because i'm not going to be able to touch on everything i'm not going to be able to explain everything and i'm not going to be able to even mention all of the people who are involved because it's literally a cast of like 35 characters and they all half of them have the same fucking name so, so my suggestion here to all of you because this is going to be really caroline is really taking the reins here because i've tried to follow and i just i just can't so <laughs> Um, my suggestion here is what I'm going to (laughs) do is I have a piece of paper and a pen next to me (laughs) and I am going to slowly weave each piece together and see if I can piece them in some sort of chronological or logical manner. We'll see if we get there. Yeah. Let's do it together. I will say that, like, although this is a true crime case, I think it fits very well within the ghoul gang. I mean, obviously, like, we've talked about true crime in the past, but this is, like, a combination of everything that we like. It's got zombies. It's It's got got everything. Possibly aliens. It's got, like, ghosts and cults and murder and... And just, like, children sheer, sheer insanity. Like, the thing I think that's so crazy about this case is like obviously you know you can get a little desensitized listening to true crime which is pretty much all I do and you can get but then you hear something like this and you're like wait a second these people actually exist in the world they're real people no one wrote this story this is something that like actually is currently happening and it's (laughs) and it's it is mind-blowing to to remind yourself like no no this is this is happening i think this is one of those stories where you realize that like you don't really need fiction you know like fiction like (laughs) this is nobody could have thought this up and if you did nobody would have believed you so anyway and on that let's let's jump into it i'm gonna start i have to kind of siphon this off into a couple different sections so i'm gonna start off with a cast of characters so you guys know who i'm talking about then we're gonna go over what they believe because there are some like really weird cult um like offshoot of LDS beliefs that um, are not like within the LDS church. Mm -hmm. But like, if you're not familiar with like Mormonism, you might think that they are normal things for Mormons to believe and they're Mm -hmm. absolutely not. Um, And then we'll get into kind of like the mystery of it. And then we'll get into this huge bombshell that dropped yesterday, which kind of explains exactly what happened. Mm -hmm. So we'll start at the beginning of last year. And I'll just say like where things stood in like, January 2019. Yeah, this unfolded over quite a while, over a year, right? It was, yeah, it's been about a year and a half yeah. since things have, well, maybe about two years since things have, like, really started. Okay. But, so at the beginning of 2019, uh, a woman named Lori Vallow is married to a man named Charles Vallow. They have two children, JJ Vallow and um, Tylee Ryan, who is... Lori's daughter, she's 16, from a previous marriage. 
Um, Lori also has an adult son named Col Colby Ryan from a separate marriage. So before Lori was married to Charles, she had been married, I think, three times before. Charles was her fourth husband. So she had been married right out of high school to like her high school sweetheart. That fell apart really quickly. Then she got married to Colby's father. Okay. Um, they got divorced. And then she got married to, I don't remember what his name is, but his last name is Ryan. Um, she gets married to him. And he adopts Colby, and they have Tylee together. Then they get divorced, and I think in like 2006 or seven, uh, she marries Charles. Okay. So Lori is very beautiful. Very, she's probably right now is probably in her late 40s, early mm -hmm. 50s. She but, is beautiful. Um, she reminds me, and this is, I mean, it's horrible because she's a fucking monster. But oh. she uh, reminds me of Sherry Moon. Totally. I think she is that Moon same. Is absolutely going to play her in the biopic that is oh. definitely coming. <laughs> yes. Yeah, it's at oh. that same like long curly blonde hair, naturally mm -hmm. beautiful, and it it is it is kind of bizarre. Like she, you know how sometimes in like true crime they'll be like, and she was beautiful, and then they show them like in the courtroom, and you're and like, you're like mm. I mean, they, yeah, they're saying that shit about like Casey Anthony, you know? right? Like, or, or like Jody Arias, Jody Arias and, you're like, and you're like, I mean, Jody Arias was gorgeous, but like, or like especially stuff in the '80s with like they're like, oh, she was no, like Lori Vallow is actually like a gorgeous woman, which makes this like it's like it makes it well it's it's also probably why people are so interested in this case for sure if you have a crazy hot blonde i mean like you're gonna you're gonna up the attention that anything happens like, oh yeah that happens it's the news is dream because people yeah. you know so Lori, like she grew up in the mormon church um her parents are very devout um, people have said that like her first marriage the one right out of high school probably didn't work because her husband was not mormon mm -hmm. um i'm surprised like, they let her marry him then i think it, i mean i don't know there's not very much information out there about her first husband um i think because it was just so long ago it was like the early 80s it was like and it didn't last very long mm -hmm. there were no children or anything so um but like you know her friends all described her um at this point you know early last year she's you know described as basically like the perfect mother all her friends were like she's like mm -hmm. the mom that i want to be she's like so doting she's so sweet She's very patient. Colby, her eldest son, said she was like an incredible mom, you know, like always supportive. His stepfather, the Ryan father, he was kind of abusive and she divorced him and like stood by both her, both Colby and um, Tylee and like really stood up for them and tried to like, you know, get them away from him basically. Mm -hmm. So like she doesn't have a history of being you know, a terrible mother. She actually has a history and lots of people said, all her friends said that she was like an incredible mother. So in, I think 2000, like 2010 or 11, Charles, her, her husband, his sister, um, Kay Woodcock and her husband, Larry, their son has, has a baby and their son is not capable of taking care of this baby. So they take the baby in. Um, the baby's name is JJ. And okay. They're, but they're older, you know, they're, they're grandparents and they're kind of like, you know, like they could take care of him, but Lori and Charles are like, we'll adopt him. Like, so this, wait, this hang on, great. backtrack. Whose kid is JJ? Because this is, this is the part that yeah, I think was the most confusing to me. JJ is Charles's nephew. Okay. So Lori Vallow, her fourth husband that she's currently married to Charles. Yes. His. It's his nephew. Okay. His sister's. His sister's 
child. Oh, no. His, it's his great-nephew. Sorry. It's his great-nephew. His sister's child's child. Got it. Okay, so... So his sister's okay. son has um, has a baby. Neither he or the mother of the child have the capacity to... I think they were very young. Okay. And, um, Makes sense. Know. So they... So Kay and Larry step in initially and take care of JJ for the first couple years of his life. And then Charles and Lori are like, we'll adopt Charles. We'll adopt JJ. And like, so Lori has no bio. So Lori is not biologically biologically related to JJ in any way. But she is, but they do like legally adopt him. Correct. Okay. Got it. So that's where the family stands in 2019 is JJ is six years old, six or seven years old. And he is autistic so from what i've read about jj is he's um he is yeah he's on the autism spectrum and Mm -hmm. he's on the more severe end but i couldn't really get it didn't say anything about him being nonverbal or anything like that but he did i know he we were talking about this he did have an emotional support dog yes okay um so he yes he's not nonverbal but i i don't think i don't think he was nonverbal i think he was just like a little bit behind in like skills but um, he's very, very close with his older sister, Tylee, who, like, is kind of his main caregiver. She nannies for him. She does basically everything for him. She, they, like, love each other. Yes. And you can see pictures of them. They're, like, so sweet. It, like, breaks my fucking heart. I know. And so, no, again, these two are not biologically related. No. They're not biologically okay. related, but they are siblings. Yes. Um, okay. Yeah. So that's where, that's Lori and Charles. Um, Lori also has a niece. Her name is Melanie Boudreau, and she is married... In, at the beginning of last year, to a man named Brandon Boudreaux. Mm-hmm. Um, Lori also has a brother named Alex Cox, who's very, very, very close with her. Like, they've had a very close relationship throughout their whole life. Um, he actually was in jail for 10 or so years ago. He beat up her ex-husband, the Ryan, like the Mr. Ryan. Right. We'll just call him Mr. Ryan. He beat up Mr. Ryan because of the abuse allegations against um like with colby and tylee so like he's very protective of his sister he's very like family first he'll basically do anything for Lori. oh my god can you imagine fucking sherry moon and then fucking bill mosley yes as the brother oh i mean like we can i think at the end of this we should just like pull out who we think should play all of them in the movie. Like, let's just cast the movie. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. To the Bulls theme song. Let's go. Round it it up. Absolutely. So that is, that's, and she also has a friend. Her name is Melanie Gibb. So there are two Melanies in this, and this is why it's very confusing. And both Melanies play a very uh, key role. So. Okay. um, So Melanie. Melanie Boudreaux. Melanie B. Mel B. Melanie B. Mel B. And Mel um, G. G. (laughs) okay (laughs) so melanie gibb is a very good friend of hers and she is in this church um this offshoot of mormonism that Lori starts getting into but we'll we'll get there Mm -hmm. so that that's the Lori. that's the cast of Lori characters that you need to know Okay. okay moving over to the daybells so at the beginning of last year chad daybell is a devout mormon he's a leader within his church he um he's married to a very sweet woman named tammy they've been married for like 30 years they have several adult children um chad is a writer he writes a lot of books about the end of days about past lives about um near-death experiences he's had a couple near-death experiences and he'll he's written about that and because of his writings he's gotten a following 
um, in this offshoot of Mormonism called like preparing a people. Um, which I wow. Okay, so I thought he was a fiction writer. Okay. No, no, no. Good to well, know. I mean, when you read his stuff, yeah, read, like, <laughs> that's right. <laughs> okay, so I thought he was more of a science fiction writer. Okay, so no, he's he's no. he's feeling this. He is a religious. He's a religious. He he thinks he's a prophet. Okay. Basically. Oh, they all and do. So he writes about. They all do. About, okay. Know, what's gonna happen? He yeah, 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 yeah. The yeah. world, that the world is ending um, on July twenty second, twenty twenty. Um, and he has been kind of making the rounds um, on the podcast, on like the very, you know, kind of culty podcast circuits, um, getting people prepared for what's about to happen. Um, and so in in September of 2018, Lori and Chad meet, I believe, through church um, and they meet like through this kind of like they were on a couple podcasts together talking mm-hmm. about this stuff. Um, I fucking, wait, where are these podcasts? So they've taken them all down. Because okay. Obviously. God damn <laughs> but it. Like, they, the moment like all this hit the fan, like the the preparing of people and yeah. a vow is the other thing. Like they 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 were like, oh, we don't know them. God but it's like it. you had them like up. You, they were you were like saying that he was going to speak at your conferences. Like you fucking know who he is. Right. Um, so. Oh god. All right. So that's that's. Those are kind of the two sides, and those are the people that you need to know. The beliefs, I'm going to, like, preface this with, like, I am not Mormon. I'm not even Christian. So, like, I don't... Right. <laughs> I was not yeah. raised in any church. So, like, I, I, I'm very far away from any, like, religious teaching or any religious thinking. Um, I've, you know, studied it, but I'm not, like, somebody that, like, this is very familiar to. Right. So I think, I'm you know, to- our listeners, we're... It, we're we're not experts in much, you know? Uh-uh. <laughs> no, we're not experts in really anything. In really, really anything at all. This is only going to scratch the surface, but I mm-hmm. just, I have to, you have to yeah. have this context to understand kind of what comes next. Mm-hmm. So what Chad believes um, is basically that, and again, this is a very light brush of the whole thing. Yeah, we're just but, grazing. We're grazing. Yeah. Chad believes that um, he is one of the 144,000 who is who are, are going to go to heaven when like Jesus returns um, in a month and two days. Oh shit! Um, there's a cap. Oh yeah. Oh. It, there's a cap, and like this is something like you've see you can see this in like a lot of different like this is the 144,000 number. Like this is something that's it's not just Mormons, like lots of Christians kind of have this belief too, like where that's like the only amount of people that mm-hmm. go to heaven. It's like, if you look into it, there's like, you'll go down some rabbit holes. Like, what a just f- like Google 144,000, like you'll, you'll find some crazy shit. What a fucking bummer. Yeah. <laughs> well, to be fair, if they're in this, I don't want to be a part of it. Yeah. I <laughs> like, mean, I'll, I'll take my chances here on earth in the end times. Yeah. Right. Oh. Um, This 144,000 is made up only of couples. So it's couples, no children. Like Really? Yes. Um, And so... Married couples? Married couples and couples that have, like, been married, like, throughout various lifetimes and, you know, in various, like, on various planes of existence. No kids. Fuck the kids. That's what they say. This is a very, like, wide... I don't know. It's so... He, <laughs> Caroline's like, shut the fuck up. I don't know. I don't know, Ellie. Um, I can read this. Like, here, let me, I'm going to read this email that 
So this is this email that um, somebody posted to the ex-Mormon Reddit uh, um, sub a few months ago. So this is, it kind of gives an overview about like what, kind of what they believe. Chad Daybell and Lori Vallow technically met on September 23rd, 2018 at Temple. Chad was told around that time by one of the three Nephites, Methoni, that a special woman would come into his life. In November 2018, they are together. They're basically cheating on both of their spouses. Um, and they, are, they come together at a Mesa PAP event. I'm not sure what that is. I think it's like a, like, oh, preparing a people. Mm-hmm. So for, it, they come together at like a, one of these conferences. Okay. Chad and Lori are sealed to each other in Temple. Um, which is like, I think that is normal Mormonism, but it's like, that's like what happens. You can be like sealed with somebody um, like in God in, okay. in a temple, even though they're both married to other people. So they're sealed together in temple where they traveled to an, an upper room and Moroni gave Lori to Chad. The savior was there. Moroni and Chad have been married to Lori in many other probations. Lori is their favorite spouse. Lori has been on 21 planets and Chad has been on 31. And once he was a holy ghost. Chad has been fi- on this earth five times. Lori has been on this earth four times. Chad makes a portal in Lori's closet so she can visit him. I don't... I... <laughs> I know, I know. Wait, really quickly, I did look up the word sealing in Mormonism. In sealing, it says it's an ordinance performed by... Performed in the Latter-day Saint temples by a person holding... This person has to hold sealing authority. The purpose of this ordinance is to seal familial relationships, making possible the existence of family relationships throughout eternity. So you have to be you have to be sealed together in order to stay together uh, forever. Yes, exactly. Um, So Lori and Chad believe they are in charge of gathering the couples for the one hundred and forty four thousand. They make charts of the people who are, um, who have been sealed, how many probations they've had, and who they've been in past lives. So I think probations are past lives, and, like, they can take place either on Earth or in, like, a different plane of existence. Again, I'm not positive on this. It's, like, in order, like, this would be, I could, like, get a fucking master's degree in this. Like, (laughs) like, the amount of detail that this, like, that their beliefs are, it's, like, pretty crazy. But basically, they believe that they're in charge of gathering the people who are going to be, like, taken to heaven when Jesus comes back um, in a month. Um, Got it. So before this, I think Lori was, like, very, she was very, very devout Mormon, but she wasn't, like, in, like, she was kind of edging onto, like, the kind of crazy cult side of things, but she wasn't, like, totally in, you know? Yeah. When she meets Chad, she falls, like, madly in love with Chad. They, fall, they like, become obsessed with each other. And they, like, they have to be together. They've been together in past lives. Chad tells her he's, she's special. She's supposed to be by his side to lead all these people into, into heaven. Um, and and she- <sighs> he tells her, he tells her and he tells a lot of other people that his wife is going to die. He says, like, she, yes. I, I have a vision. I believe that Tammy is going to die. And, like, my, the second part of my life cannot begin until that happens. And, like, I will be so sad. But, like, I know that she's going to die. And he tells, he tells Lori, Charles, her husband, is also going to die. And this so happens, she, this doesn't, what this I, this is, this happens wait, after he meets Lori, right? Yes. Okay. Cause I, I mean, was, I think, but I do think that he'd been telling people that, Tammy was going to die for a while because I think he'd been having affairs with other people. That's okay. That's what I was going to say. Cause I think what I was, when I was reading about this is he was saying that I read that he was saying that before he met Lori, but it was also, yes, he was kind of 
canoodling. People people think that he had a relationship with his co-author of a lot of his books. Her mm-hmm. name is Julie Rowe. Um, she was like adamantly defending him um, for like the first few months of all this, and mm-hmm. then like once it became clear that like he, you know, like there there were like that those kids are probably not alive. She like walked it back and was like, oh, he's possessed by Satan and all this crazy shit. And she was just on Nancy Grace being Ooh. like, he raped me. And like, I not like I'm saying that that didn't happen because he's obviously involved in the murder of children. So it's very possible that he did, you know, hurt her and assault her or whatever. But she's made up so many different stories that like, I yeah. think that this is her covering her ass. Again, could be her covering her ass. It also could be like the result of, you know, like past trauma maybe the reason she was covered i mean who knows who the things, fuck knows what he manifest but like yeah. i'm not even gonna get into julie rowe because like that's a whole other that would be an entire podcast on itself yeah julie rowe is a fucking crazy insane person like look her up she believes the same shit that they all believe in like her trying to distance herself from this right now is like i kind think of laughable. i think they're all uh none of <laughs> none of them are um no one that we're talking about today is mentally stable i feel no no one that we're talking about today has any grasp on reality except except for charles okay so yes okay let's get back to this so this is where all this stands they believe all these weird things Lori starts to um she and chad would meet up they would go on vacation together they were kind of going in this like full-blown affair they would meet up at the like um the the track at the university um in idaho um or I think it's like Brigham Young. It's like the Brigham Young. Um, so, oh yeah. Also, Lori lives in Arizona right now with her family. Chad lives in Idaho with his family. Um, but they're like constantly meeting up at these like avow and preparing a people events. Yes. Um, everybody kind of knows that they're together, but like, and they're, they're saying that both of their spouses are going to die um, eventually and all this stuff. So Charles is obviously noticing a lot of weird things about Lori. Um, she's telling him that she is a god, that um, he's going to die, that um, she that he's been taken over by a zombie. Um, and so here's here's an explanation of the zombie concept because this comes up a lot. Chad has told her this is something that Chad came up with. He uses a pendulum and he can tell whether or not somebody has a light spirit or a dark spirit okay. by using this pendulum. So he'll ask the pendulum like. Okay, what? How is Ellie? Like, is she good or is she bad? And he'll watch the pendulum split swing, and then he'll tell you based on whatever fucking nonsense that he believes um, whether or not you're good or bad. There's like a scale. L is light, D is dark, and there's a scale from like one to six on either side. Mm-hmm, so mm-hmm, he mm-hmm. makes a list. He makes a list of the people in Lori's life and whether they're good or bad. So at the time in early 2019. JJ is like a 4L. He's very light. Tylee is a 4D, so she's very dark. Charles is, a is I think he was initially light. Lori was extremely light. Chad is extremely light. You know, there's only... Um, mm-hmm, and then mm-hmm, basically mm-hmm. anybody who has any problem with either of them is dark. <laughs> Correct. So, Correct. So um, he, he tells anybody that's dark, he says has been overtaken, he is a zombie. So they, they've been take, overtaken by a de- demonic spirit. They're not themselves anymore. And they are the, the part of them that used to be them. Their soul is like trapped in limbo. And the only way to release them from limbo is to kill their mortal body. And like, then they can, then their soul can be released and they can go to heaven. So this or man, they can go on to another life. this man truly thought that a, like large amounts of people deserved to be killed. And in his mind it was killing them 
to help their soul. Yes. And he, he would say he could tell, he could walk into a state and he'd be able to tell the number of zombies and the number of light people like in the entire state. And he would like make lists of like how many people, how many people were light and dark in each state and how many zombies there were in each state and all this like, like state, like, like states in, in America, Alabama, Alaska, Arizona, Arkansas, California, California, Connecticut. Yeah. Um, so he tells in an episode, didn't we sing that entire song? I think I do believe that we did. And I apologize. (laughs) I think we, we had to cut it out. I think, (laughs) <laughs> Which I was, like, really upset that it was cut. Um, anyway. I, did, I do remember editing that and being like, I can't, I can't leave this in. <laughs> unfortunately. <laughs> um, unfortunately, we're going to have to cut this. Um, so, he's rating people based on his pendulum swing, whether or not, and also whether or not he truly believes this or, or whether he's using, whether he's a cult leader and is like using cult tactics to control people. Right. Um, is up for debate. I don't right. know whether or not, but I, I do kind of think that he has kind of deluded himself to thinking that like, and I think everyone involved in this, I'm going to give them the benefit of the doubt to say that they do believe this. Yeah. Um, so. Which is. Yeah. I don't. I mean, it's insanity. I don't. It's insanity. Oh my it's god. Very upsetting. It's so upsetting. Um so Charles is is concerned. Um Right. <laughs> Charles <laughs> is concerned. Deeper and deeper into this cult stuff. Um she's saying things to him that don't make any sense from a Mormon perspective. Charles was also Mormon, but like um he, he this was not this is not in normal Mormon doctrine. This is not what the LDS church believes. He was getting, he was like, this is, Lori, like, the things you're saying don't make any sense. He's, he tried a couple times to have her committed to a mental health facility. Yeah. Stick. Like, I have, I have friends that are Mormon. Like, this isn't, this isn't normal behavior. No, this is not normal behavior. This is like, this is like what the Westboro Baptist Church is for Christianity. Right. You know, like, it's not, it's a, it's a sect. It's a, yeah. it's not like it's radical it's a radicalization of i wouldn't even call them i I, you can't even use religion at that point this is just absolute insanity yeah so um charles is like just trying he's like lori's been threatening him she's been saying you know you're going to die um he goes to the police several times saying like i i don't know what to do like i want like, I want to help her. I want to get her mental health. She won't go to the, she, you know, she won't get on med- any medication. She won't speak to a psychiatrist. She won't do anything. So, uh, early 2019, Charles goes on a business trip. While he's gone, Lori clandest- like, secretly calls the airline and cancels his ticket. It's like, oh, my husband doesn't need it anymore. So when he gets to the airport, he has no flight home. And he has to buy an $800 seat on the same plane um, in order to get home. Oh, my he God. Back, he gets back to Arizona, and he finds that the car that he parked in the airport parking lot is not there. Cool. Um, cool. He gets back to his home and finds that the locks have been changed, and all of this, all of his stuff is gone. Oh, my gosh. So he calls the police, and the police come, and there's body cam footage of this that you can watch, and it's honestly just, like, so fucking heartbreaking. Dude, because, like, they, they shit the bed. So, so hard. so hard on this. It is so devastatingly sad that no one helped this man. Yeah. 
No. And they, I mean, like, the way, like, you can, there's a lot of different, because he called the cops several different times. Before this. Begging them to help, but before and after this. Yeah. Like, telling them, I am afraid for my life. My wife is telling me that she's going to kill me. She's telling me that I'm a zombie, that I've been, uh, like, taken over by an evil spirit. Um, like, I don't know what to do. I love her to death. Like, you know, she's, she canceled my flight. She blocked me out of my home. Like, I, you know, I don't know where my children are. I'm very worried. Like, I'm just like, I'm right. concerned about her well-being. I love her. I want, I want her to be okay. And like, but I think that goes, cops- that goes back to the fact that like, I am in my opinion, at least that goes back to the fact that she's this tiny, gorgeous blonde woman mm-hmm. and he's like a bigger dude. And they're probably that probably accounts for the fact that they didn't like that's probably some of the reasons why they didn't Absolutely. take it seriously, which Absolutely. is so I mean, fucked. See, so like you see, you can watch the body cam video and like you can see the cops like it's not that they don't take him seriously. It's just that like they don't. A, the cop's not Mormon, so the cop doesn't really understand that, like, what he's saying that she believes is, like, crazy. Right. He's like, well, I, I'm not in the LDS church. Like, is that a normal thing to believe? And he's like, no. No. That's not a, it's not a normal thing to believe that I'm possessed by, that your husband's possessed no, by. No, that's not a thing, dude. <laughs> Come on. Um, It's not, like, none of this is normal. This is, like, really upsetting. Um, I need help. They they do bring her in for a psych evaluation to the police department. Okay. And she brings Tylee with her. You can watch that as well. Yeah. And she basically just like runs circles around this police officer. And the way that they're she like makes fun of him. You know, she's like he's so dramatic. Like this whole thing is so stupid. He actually stole my purse, so I don't know why he's mad. Like all this stuff. Like and Tylee, like in this video, you see Tylee. And she's, like, so mature. Like, she's 16 years old. Like, but she's, like, clearly... She's she's clearly, like, the mother in this situation. Right. Which is kind of... You know, like, she's, like... That's so sad. Her mom is there, you know, just kind of, like, making sure she's all right. Um, their relationship is really interesting to see in this video because you kind of can see, like, okay, like, who who the parent was in the situation. Right. What did um, Lori say was the reason that she, did she talk in this video about like why she canceled the trip or anything or why she changed the locks? I'm not sure. I didn't watch the whole thing. Yeah. Um, but it was like basically they and I, the thing is I do understand. It's a slippery slope of like can you really put somebody in a mental hospital for having crazy beliefs? Like can you really Right. Like, you know what I mean? Like can you re- like w- she hadn't at that point you know, like there were no, there was no evidence of direct threats, even though she had made them. Like, yeah. There was no, like, there was nothing written down. Like, it's, it, I do think it's, it's a slippery slope for the police because, like, what are you going to do? Are you gonna, are you gonna arrest somebody for, like, there's a, a lot of people who believe a lot of really crazy shit, and it's not illegal to believe in zombies. It's not illegal to believe right. that you're one of the 144,000. Right. And I mean, they could take her, and she, I mean, she seems like, I mean, obviously she's a fucking lunatic, but she could just as easily, if they take her, be like, no. Like, she's not, yeah. she's not stupid. She, she is a I fucking she, idiot, but she's not stupid in a yeah. sense. Like, she knew, from what I've gathered, she she knew how to play the game a little bit, too. She knew how to play the game. So she, and so she basically, like, talks her way out of it, is like, doesn't seem very crazy, seems, doesn't seem, un, she doesn't really seem unhinged in this yeah. video. She seems very deliberate. She seems like she can hold it together. She knows what to say. You know, she doesn't deny believing in things, but she's like, you know, I don't, I don't know why that's a problem, you know, whatever. So, um, Charles files for divorce and he moves to Texas. Um, but like, you know, he doesn't really want to get divorced and he's kind of, you know, he's like concerned about her and like, he wants to be with his family. He loves the kids. 
So in July of... So when um, he left, Lori still has JJ and Tylee. Yeah. Okay. Well, actually, at some point in 2019, Lori like leaves JJ with him and runs off with Tylee to Hawaii for like yes. a couple months. Okay. Um, and he doesn't actually know where she is. He's like, she just like dropped the kid at my door, which is fine. But like, you know, I, I'm, I'm concerned. I don't know where Tylee is. Like, mm-hmm. so then she comes back. She takes JJ and she moves into a different house in Arizona. Um, and that's where things stand in like the summer of 2019. In July of 2019, um, Charles is like, hey, I want to come visit. I want to come like talk to you. I want to see the kids. I'm, I'm going to come visit for the weekend. Um, I'm going to drive down there or drive up there and like we can figure this out. Lori tells Mel- her friend Melanie Gibb that she thinks that um, the chief that Chad told her that um, Charles is going to die in a car accident on the way up on the way driving to Arizona. He doesn't die in a car accident on the way driving to Arizona. He actually, when he gets there, starts looking for apartments because he's like, you know what? I want to try to get my family together. Like I want to okay. be kids. Um, and also just, you know what? I won't even go into it. <laughs> Lori also I forgot when the, in the business trip thing she also um pulled out $22,000 out of their joint checking account so he couldn't make payroll so like that was another thing that, what like, the fuck another reason he called the cop so anyway oh okay so this <clears throat> criminy I feel like at any point in the story you could be like oh wait but also and then like add yeah. an, like sprinkle in another fucking absolute no. crazy ass tic tac in the morning of July 11th, he comes and he's going to pick up JJ and drive him to school. Mm-hmm. Um, her brother, Alex Cox, is there at the house with her and um, they get into an argument, Alex and um, Charles, and Charles is killed. Jesus. Charles is killed by Alex. Um, the police are called. Lori is allegedly, like, not at the house. She comes back with Tylee. She says, oh, yeah, when that happened, like, I just drove off. I drove JJ to school. I dropped him off. And then, I, you know, I, but, but they tell two completely different stories about what happened. They say that, um, you know, like, it, it's, like, unclear whether Tylee and Lori were in the house when it happened. Um, the cops come, and, like, despite the fact that, like, Charles had made multiple, like, this is the part that's, like, the most upsetting. Like, I do somewhat understand that, like, it would have been really difficult to arrest Lori or do anything. You know what I mean? Right. It would have been hard because there was nothing. Yeah, they didn't have anything on her, really. But at this point, at this point, Charles is dead. And there's a history of him. He's made multiple reports to the police to say, Lori wants to kill me. Lori says she's going to kill me. I fear for my life. I fear for my children's life. Lori said, like, and they don't do anything. They don't arrest Alex, despite the fact that he admits that he killed him. He says it was in self-defense because Charles was holding a baseball bat. I was going to say, didn't they, like, and it it was uh, ruled self-defense and then they dropped it. Yeah, they didn't, they didn't really look into it at all. And, and... Like, Lori's just sitting on the curb, like, laughing about it. It's like, oh, we just moved into this house, and now all the neighbors are going to think we're crazy. Uh-huh. And it's like, dude, like, this is not the, like, the affect of somebody whose husband has just been murdered by her brother. Whether or not it was a situation of self-defense, it's like, the way that she's acting is so, like, it's like a departure from reality. Right. And the cops, like, do not do, in my opinion, do not do anything. Like, they don't, they don't arrest Alex. They don't stop... Like, this could have stopped right here. They could have arrested Alex. They could have brought him to jail and had him 
you know, tried for murder. Right. I honestly think that like most of that everybody else who ends up dying wouldn't have died, but they don't do that. They just are like, okay, well, it seems like a pretty open and shut case. It was a messy divorce. This guy was probably abusive. What? And just kind of. Oh my God. They let Alex go. Um, Later that day. Oh, that's infuriating. The same day, Lori has a pool party in that house. In the backyard. Like later, after house. he was murdered. After he was murdered in her fucking kitchen, she throws a party in that house. And, and like, like what? Oh. So, who are these? Co- honestly, honestly, fuck them. Fire them. Fuck them. Fire them. Charge them. I, mean, I can't. The, the funniest thing to me is, like, they're, I, I'm in a bunch of, like, Facebook groups about this and a bunch of, like... <laughs> of course like reddit subs and whatever and somebody tried to make the argument like well if they're gonna defund the police like they would have never been able to arrest these people and i'm like bitch the police are the whole fucking problem in this case if the police had done their jobs none of these people would be dead just br- nobody I don't, had to die just to- if they had just listened to <sighs> charles and like or if 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 there had been another avenue for Charles to go to, like maybe a mental health service where he could have gone and like actually gotten Lori the help that she needed that wasn't like police related, this could have been a completely different story. It wouldn't have been a story at all. It would have just been like, you know, somebody had a little bit of a mental break, then they got the help they needed, and then they were went back to being a great wife and mother. Like Right. <laughs> and I just, it's like, all they had to do was bring them in for questioning. Mm-hmm. That's all they had to do. Well, I mean, they did bring them in for questioning, but they didn't, like their stories were i guess i guess i meant bring them in for further question because their stories didn't match up and like if you watch there's like a dateline thing that like where they have the cops be like well we thought it was a little weird and it was like you didn't fucking think it was a little weird at the time you didn't do shit. you didn't want to deal with it it was weird you would have looked into it more you would have been like hmm it's interesting charles made several police reports saying that laurie was going to kill him and hmm he suddenly turned up dead at her house by her brother. That's really interesting. Who also beat up her ex-husband. I mean, like... And now they're throwing like, a pool party. And now they're throwing a pool party. And she's sitting on the curb and laughing about the fact that he's... Th- I mean, so that's July. In <laughs> September, um, or like or late August, early September, she decides to move to Rexburg, Idaho, where which is where Chad lives. Mm-hmm. So she moves with... Um, she moves with Tylee and JJ and... Uh, like, sells all her shit, and, and Alex, um, and moves to Rexburg. She, JJ has a therapy dog, because, again, he's autistic. Um, the dog, I guess, like, has helped him immensely, according to his grandmother. Like, he wasn't sleeping through the night, and then when he got the dog, like, he was finally able to sleep through the night. Mm-hmm. It really helped his anxiety. This dog was, like, something that was, like, very, very, very comforting and, like, very helpful for JJ. Before she moves, she tries to sell the dog online, but the um, the dog trainer, because it's a special dog, you know, it's right. like trained for autistic children. Yeah. So when you actually, trainer, when you get a service animal, um, the service animal is not only trained for your, your disability, they're trained per person. So mm-hmm. even if like another child who had autism needed a service dog, they would have to retrain that dog um, for that specific child, which is why... You exactly. almost never see service animals being given up because they're it is they're trained from the time that they're almost they're born to be a service mm-hmm. animal for a specific person. So that's fucking devastatingly sad. Yeah. So the the dog trainer sees that she's trying to like sell this dog, and he reaches out to her and is like, "Hey, um, 
you can't sell this dog. Like, I will take the dog back. Right. And I'll I'll find a new home for it. And she's like, okay, whatever. So he takes the dog back. He's like, this is weird. But, you know, she's like, we just don't need it. We're moving. You know, like, we can't take care of it. Like, whatever. My husband just died. Throw, plays all those cards. Oh, good. Um, so they move, they move to Rexburg. Um, again, Alex moves with her, with her and, um, also moves with another person who also moves with her is Melanie Boudreaux, who is her niece. And do they, is this where they all move into the same building? Yes. Okay. So they all move into this different units in the same building in Rexburg, Idaho. Melanie Boudreaux leaves her husband. Um, she texts him basically being like, I'm moving to Idaho with Lori, um, you can have the kids or we can work out some sort of plan. She's got like three kids with her, with Brandon Boudreaux. Okay. Um, cause she's, so she's, like, she's jumping on the same wagon as Lori. Yes. Okay. She's in, she's fully in this like cult as well. Okay. Um, she texts like, she literally breaks up with her husband in a text message and is like, you can have the kids. And then is seen like giving away their stuff, like her kid's stuff, like leaving it on the side of the road. Okay. Um, All right. She's like, what the fuck? obviously and is like very weirded out yeah um so they all moved to rexburg together now all the key players are basically living in rexburg three of them are living in the same apartment complex chad and his wife tammy live a few miles away in a house together they're like a couple of their adult children live across the street in october Kay, jj's grandmother is and and colby um, Lori's eldest child start to get really concerned because they haven't been able, um, Lori or Kay hasn't been able to talk to, uh, JJ in a long time. Like she hasn't been able to FaceTime with him. She's used to talking to him all the time. She, you know, she's like, she loves this kid. She raised him when he was a baby. Mm-hmm. Um, it's her grandson, Colby, like, you know, it's his, it's his sister. They're very close. Colby's only 23. So like, he's pretty close in age to Tyler. Mm-hmm. He's like 16. They grew up together, and he he's he said that he hasn't been able to FaceTime or talk to her in a really, really long time. Every time he texts her, she has an excuse as to why she can't FaceTime or why she can't call him. Mm-hmm. He said the texts don't really sound like her. Um, that she usually, you know, she's, she's 16. She usually uses a lot of emojis, and she usually, you know, has, like, a certain way of typing and, like, the way that she's sending him things just doesn't make sense yeah you can tell like you could you you can tell like if my mom texted me without an emoji i'd be like that's not my mother right you know what i mean i'd know immediately he'll call call his mom and be like can i talk to tylee and she's like oh no she can't like there's a million excuses he can't get a hold of either of his siblings he and um kay woodcock the grandmother call the police and have them do a wellness check on the children Mm -hmm. The police get there. The kids aren't there. She tells them, oh, well, um, Tylee is going, is enrolled at BYU in Idaho. So she, like, she's, you know, going to college. So that's why she's not here. And JJ is with his grandmother. And they're like, well, Mm. she actually was the one who called the police. So the lion bitch. Woof. Um, So... They start to, like, poke around. They're like, can't find the kids. But, like, she kind of sends them on a wild goose chase. She calls her friend Melanie Gibb and is like, hey, can you just, like, tell them that JJ is with you? Like, if the police call you, just tell them JJ is with you. It's like this whole thing. I'm Like, she basically says that Kay, the grandmother, is trying to sue for custody. And that, like, she's so she's trying to hide the kid from him, from her. Um, So she's like, hey, Melanie, if the cops call you, just tell them that JJ is with you. Melanie's like, mm, no, I'm not. This gonna is do so. That. This is the this is this the is other. Her okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. All right. Melanie Melgi. Melgi. Um, 
Melanie, like, I think maybe does initially lie to the cops, but then, like, calls them back and is like, honestly, no, JJ's not with me. Like, but it leads them on a wild goose chase for, like, a week or so. Okay. So, during this week, um, Chad's wife, Tammy, dies in her sleep. Hmm. Mysteriously. Shocker. Um, she's, like, 49 years old, has no health problems whatsoever, was to- was seemingly healthy. Um, Chad does not ask for an autopsy. He buries her. He gets her embalmed, like, immediately and buries her. That's so Um, sad. About two weeks before she died, she had posted on Facebook saying, and keep in mind, this is a really, really tiny small town. So they live in a really tiny small town in Idaho. Um, She posts on Facebook saying, I just had the craziest experience. Um, This guy with a paintball gun came up behind me and, like, was, like, firing, like, it was a paintball or BB gun, and, like, I think he was trying to scare me. He was wearing a mask. Um, I screamed and ran inside, but, like, how scary. Um, Tammy! It's so sad. I know. And so after she dies, I'm not sure if this is after she dies or before, but so, like, that's something, like, I think this was not a paintball gun. Right. This was somebody trying to kill her um, because around the same time, Melanie um, B., uh, the niece, her husband, Brand, her ex-husband, Brandon, is um, driving home from work and pulls into his driveway and somebody driving a Jeep with Texas plates, which is Tylee's car that that Charles bought for her. Oh, shit. Um, pulls up inside him and shoots at him. <gasps> and he looks at the person driving he's like i know that car that's tylee's car also he knows that tylee's missing and he's like i don't you know and it's not tylee driving he looks at it and he thinks that it's alex cox oh shit or that's my you know that's my wife's uncle i think that he's that she you know so i think that alex cox tried to kill um tammy a few weeks before she died in her sleep why was he trying Um, to kill brandon dude like what the fuck did he do because he's a zombie. Too. Oh Lord! So, um, he like so. That's where. Okay, oh my God! I'm like not even close to being even halfway done. So, um, Tammy dies, and the Rexburg Police Department are like really looking into the kids. Like they can't find them. They go back uh, a couple weeks after Tammy's dead. They go back to the house um, where. Um, where Lori lives and she's not there. No one's there. They can't find... And Chad is gone as well. And so, like, Lori and Chad have kind of dropped off the map and disappeared. Nobody knows where they are. And nobody um, knows where their fucking kids are. And no one knows where the kids are. Yeah. So in November, Alex Cox and, um gets married to a woman named Zulima, who's a part of this church as well. Okay. Um, They get married in Vegas. She seemed relatively normal, No. Mm-mm. No? Mm-mm. Okay. She's a Looney Tune, no. too? All right. Yeah. She's she's a part of all this. Oh, good. Well. Okay. She's a part of the 144,000 couples. Ah, so they get married ah. very quickly in Vegas. And the next day, um, his niece, Melanie B., marries a man named Ian Pulowski at the same church. Okay. At the same chapel in Vegas. So um, Ian is... I think they met on, like, a Mormon dating app. He's, like, just... He falls in love with her really quickly, and he's just like, yeah, sure, let's get married. He's just recently gotten divorced. He has a couple kids with his ex-wife. She, you know, Melanie had just gotten Jesus. divorced. So, but he, um, he starts to get concerned because 
Melanie is, tells him that she's worried that Lori and Chad have killed the children. She doesn't know where they are. The amount of... We need to make a tree of the divorces, the children, and the remarriages. Those it's, things exist. Like, you can find this on Reddit. You can find... Oh, my... I will say that I'm sure. Lori Vallow is a fantastic resource for anybody looking to get started on, like, what the fuck is going on with this. What's it um, called? R, like, reddit.com slash r slash Lori Vallow. Okay. Um, and also there's a Facebook group called Christmas Misery, um, like, where are Tylee and JJ, I think. So just search Christmas Misery, that's a Facebook group, and there's, like, there's people on there who are, like, connected to the case. Um, Tylee's aunt, Annie Cushing, did a really, really good, um, uh, she's a writer, and she posted on, at the very beginning of all this, like, did, like, a really detailed timeline of, like, everything that happened, who everyone okay. is. So, like, that, she's a good person to, like, look into. Um, There's so. a girl, um, what's her name? Bailey, Bailey Sarian mm-hmm. on YouTube. She does, um, she does, like, videos where she does her makeup and then talks about true crime. Mm-hmm. It's like murder mystery and makeup or something yes. on YouTube. Look yes. her up. She did a really good job with this too. Um, and it's nice because she puts the pictures up and moves them around. And if you want, if you need more of a visual, that's a good spot to go to. She's great. Yeah. Um, and there's also a podcast called We Saw the Devil that's been doing really, really good, like in depth, like every mm-hmm. single time something happens on this case, like they are on it. They actually went to Rexburg last year or like the beginning of the year before COVID and like, interviewed people and like oh wow it's a i love i really like that podcast and they actually yeah. have a like they don't just do Lori Vallow. they just they, they're like a true crime podcast so they're, okay. they're very um they're very in-depth and like all fact-based and it's really interesting so i recommend those those resources this is where i've gotten most of my information from those um different avenues so anyway where are we okay so it's so um, what's her early- face What's her tits gets married to... to What's her tits gets married. And then, so Alex and Melanie both get married to separate people um, within a day of each other. Two weeks after Alex gets married, he is found dead in his new (gasps) wife's bathroom. What? Yes. Oh, wait, I don't think... Oh, shit. I forgot about that. Yes. Ooh, what happened? Um, so his wife's son calls 911 because he finds Alex, um, covered in shit and unresponsive, <gasps> um, with like foaming at the mouth in, in his bathroom. Or, like, oh my gosh. Bathroom. So he's like, and he doesn't even know that they're married. So he calls the police and is like, Hey, uh, my mom's boyfriend is like on the ground. Like he doesn't look very good. And they're like, okay, like, do you know, his, he's like, I don't know his last name. I don't know really anything. Oh about my him. God. Is married to this person, but he doesn't know that they're married. So the cops come, you know, like the EMTs come, like Alex is dead. Um, they did do an autopsy on him and they didn't find anything. But like this autopsy was only recently released. I don't know. Like they said that he died of natural causes. Who knows? Um, um I, what? But anyway, so now let's see who's dead. Like that we know for sure at this point in January. Okay. Like we're going to fast forward to January of this year, January 2020. Okay. Um. At this point, um, Lori and Chad are nowhere to be found. The children are nowhere to be found. Okay. Um, Tammy is dead. Alex is dead. And Charles is dead. Okay. Um, So, in January, um, Lori and Chad are located and they're in Hawaii. 
And pictures surface that show that they got married in December um, on the beach, or maybe late November. They got married on the beach. They're like laughing and luau. You can you can look these pictures up. They look so happy, and they're just like dancing with like their you know like it's so creepy. They have, like they have like a little ukulele. They're wearing um what are those things called the the flower the lays yeah they they have a ukulele they have they're wearing lays. They're like doing like hula stuff. I mean, it's like it's outrageous. Like, how, and both like, of their spouses are both dead. Both of their spouses are dead, and Lori's children are missing. The media like immediately is like swarms them. There's a really good Dateline episode, and I don't know. I'm sure it's been updated since, but um, they go and they kind of follow. They ask. They're like, "Where are the kids?" And they're like, "They're safe. They're fine." And they're like, "We just want to be left alone." And they're just smirking. They're so. Where are they? motherfuckers they're incredibly um (gasps) smug the like the smugness is like disgusting first of all why wasn't the schools coming after them like like truancy officer here's why so the school so tylee i think had graduated um already did that bitch say she was homeschooling them yes god damn it tylee i think had already graduated jj was enrolled in school in rexburg for a month and then she called and she said um, he's going, she's, she initially called in late September and said, Hey, um, JJ is going to, uh, stay with his grandma for a month and then he'll be back. And then a month later she called and said, I'm actually going to pull him out of school and just homeschool him. So they like, they weren't going after them for true. And so they were like, okay, I guess he's being homeschooled. And she was like keeping them updated. Mm. Um, so they serve Lori with an order to produce the children within five days or they'll arrest her. Obviously, she does not produce the children. They arrest her. Um, they extradite her from Hawaii back to Rexburg. Uh, Chad flies back from Hawaii to Rexburg as well. Everyone's like, where the fuck are the kids? Like they, She keeps saying, they're fine. You know, they're, they're, they're safe. The kids are safe. I can't tell where the kids are because they're in danger. Everybody and their fucking mom comes out basically for a media interview. So, um, like, Colby is out there saying, like, Mom, just, like, show us where the children are. Like, I, you know, like, there's no reason why you shouldn't be able to produce them. Um, I mean, I feel, like, probably the worst for any, like, Colby is the person I feel the worst for in this whole situation because, like, he lost so much. He lost his stepfather. He lost his siblings. And he lost his mother. And, like, he had, like, he's, I mean, he's married. He's got a kid of his own. Like, he has his own family and his own life. But, I mean, this is so, this is fucking horrific. devastating. He literally lost his entire family. And this is when I first became aware of this, is in January. And so I started really looking into this. And then then quarantine hit. And I had nothing better to do but research it. Mm -hmm. So, and I think, I think a lot of people had the uh, same problem. So, things start to come out where they, they find people find that um, Ty Lee was last seen in Yellowstone National Park on September 8th. There's a picture of her that, like, I think Lori had posted to social media or something that shows uh, Ty Lee, Alex, and Lori and JJ all, like, smiling at Yellowstone. But then they don't, like, Ty Lee's not, not seen at all after that. Um, and Ty Lee, again, was, like, JJ's main care- caretaker. So after Ty Lee disappears, like, in early September, um, Lori hires a nanny for JJ and says like this is going to be an ongoing thing um you know like I like come for she comes for a day like takes care of JJ 
Um, the nanny says that um, that Lori seems like an amazing mother. Like, JJ has a tantrum when she comes home, and she, like, scoops him up in her arms and tells him that it's okay and, like, really calms him down and babies him and soothes him. She says she has an older daughter who's going to – who used to be a babysitter for him, and now she's in college, so she can't really do it. So, you know, like, has all this stuff. And then this was, like, late September um, – and the nanny, like, she's like, I'm going to be gone for a couple of weeks. But like, once I come back, like, you're, you're going to have a job, regular, a regular job. So a few weeks later, the nanny follows up with Lori and is like, hey, what's up? And she's like, oh, hey, you know, we actually don't need you anymore. Like, JJ went to go stay with his grandma. But like, thank you so much. Okay. So like, there are a lot of people coming out of the woodwork to be like, yo, like, I know something about this. Like, I've been in, con- you know. It puts um, a timeline in place, too. Right, right. So, um, all of this comes to a head when, um, earlier this month, like I think June 2nd, a search warrant warrant is put out for Chad's property. Um, Okay. And this is, so what month was it when they were like, you have five days to show me these kids? That was in, uh, January. I think that was in February. That was in February, and so since Lori's then... So, Lori's been in jail since February. Okay, Chad that's what I thought. not in jail. He's been visiting her every day. They've been talking. Like, Chad hasn't been, hadn't been arrested until they put out a search warrant for Chad's property. And this was, I think, June 2nd. What did Lori... So, Lori went to jail, but she was still just saying, I don't know where they are. No, she's saying she knows where they are, but she just wasn't going to tell because it wasn't safe. She said, I don't want to, I don't want to. Okay. I'm not going to say anything. Her, her mom and her sister did this like fucking horrific dumbass interview where they're just like, they're so smug too, where they're like, it's so like, no, those children are safe. If Lori says they're safe, they're fine. And like, they didn't do shit to like, they just clearly do not care about these kids. And I think they believe, I think they believe what Lori believes. Okay. Um, so anyway, so they, they put the search warrant out on Chad's property they um about fucking time right and unfortunately when they do this they dig up jj and tylee's bodies in the backyard of chad's property um unbelievable these fucking idiots buried these kids on chad's like what dumbasses i mean just oh my god it's so so disgusting so yesterday, um, they released the, uh, so Chad gets arrested, obviously. Um, they're like, this is, you know, he's in jail. He's in a separate jail from Lori. I mean, obviously he would be anyway, cause you know, male and female prisons different. But, um, yesterday they released the arrest affidavit for him. And I think that this actually tells what happened. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to, I'll just summarize the arrest affidavit and just say like what I think was happening at various points. So a lot it's of this is based on GPS like cell phone locations. pings. Yes. Not even cell phone pings, but like very, very accurate, like GPS location data, like to the point okay. where like, you know, like if you have, if you have like find my friends on, um, yeah. mm-hmm. you can like see where your friends are like exactly like yeah. sometimes I'll be like, oh, I'm, I'm at, you know, bef- in the before times I would like be waiting for a friend at a restaurant and I could look at my phone and be like, that bitch hasn't even left the house. (laughs) (laughs) I'll be there in five minutes. Oh, are you? Are you on your way? Because like, actually I see you sitting on the toilet. The receipts. (laughs) I have receipts. 
So like it's extremely accurate. This isn't cell phone ping data, which is a totally different thing and is not like super accurate. It can tell you like where okay. you are in the general area. This is like exact like GPS data. So like you can see like this is actually where they are. If you leave your phone in the car outside your house, like you can pin, you can look at it on like find my iPhone or whatever and be like, oh my car's my phone's in the car. Like 50 I've done. Away. I've literally done that several times. As have I. So um, here's the timeline that they map out. Um, on September 8th, um, Lori and Alex and Tylee and JJ all go to, um, all go to Yellowstone and Alex's phone is in Yellowstone. Um, they leave Yellowstone, they go to a barbecue restaurant. He goes back to his house or back to Lori's house. He stays at Lori's house until like two in the morning or until like midnight. Then he goes home. And then he comes back in the very, very early hours of the morning. He goes to Lori's apartment, which is, you know, kind of strange. Like, he goes there at, like, 3 in the morning. He's never done that before based on the, the location pings. Um, he goes from Lori's apartment then to Chad's house. Okay, at 3 a.m. At 3 a.m. Or I think he stays at Lori's for a little bit, and then he brings, he goes over to Chad's house, like, in the morning. Um Chad, in the morning, he stays at Chad's for a, a long time. And in the morning, Chad texts his wife, who I think is either out of town or at work at this point, saying, oh, my God, I had a really crazy morning. Um, so I decided to burn all of the um, tree limbs that had fallen during the storm because I didn't I didn't want them to get wet. I don't know. And while I was like putting together the bonfire, I saw this like giant raccoon. So I shot the raccoon and um, I'm going to bury it in the pet cemetery. And she's like, whoa, that sounds pretty crazy. Um, like, LOL, like, love you. And he's like, love you, too. Um, oh, my gosh. So, I mean, guess where Tylee's body was found? In the pet cemetery. Oh, that's so s- In the pet cemetery. Oh, so my he, God. This, uh, but once again, this fucking idiot. In September? Yes. And his wife oh. was still alive. His wife right. is still alive. Oh, my so, God. What I think happened, I'm not sure. Like, obviously, we won't. It's going to be really difficult because Tylee was, like, burned. So she, her remains were, he put her in the bonfire. Like, her remains were burned. So it's going to be hard to tell, like, how exactly she died. Right. My opinion is, I think that she was either poisoned or sedated, um, like, very, very heavily. And then they waited for her to die and then took her body from... Um, Lori's apartment to Chad's to bury her. So yeah. I, think, I think she was probably poisoned in the same way that um, Tammy was eventually killed. Yeah, that so, makes sense. <laughs> um, um, it's like just fucking awful. So that that's what happened. So he and that he poor ba- and because wife. fucking Chad thought she had dark energy. Right, because uh, she was a zombie, and she had been telling Lori had been telling Melanie G, her friend. That Tylee was a dark, a dark spirit and that she was a zombie and had been since she was 13 and started being difficult. And it's like, dude, she's a teenager. She's going to be difficult. Like, of course, she's going to have like and honestly, like, who knows how difficult she even was? Like, it doesn't like you sound like you were pretty fucking difficult. Yeah, like, she, she had you probably, as a fucking mom. She was probably being like the voice of reason. And you were like, oh, she's being difficult. She's pushing against me. She doesn't believe that I'm a prophet. Like, I, I don't know. So oh my God. So, yeah, um, so that's what happens on September 8th. Then on September 23rd, um, uh, Melanie G, 
and her boyfriend are visiting Rexburg and they're staying with Lori. And Lori tells Melanie at that time that um, JJ has now, who was previously light, has now been taken over by dark spirits. She points out like things like, look at, I mean, like he's just being so obstinate. Like he's using bigger words and like that's clearly like the influence of Satan. And she's like, he has autism, you bitch. Right. And it's like, that's a good thing. Like he's like developing normally and like, you know, becoming about like, you know, he's like speaking more and like Melanie Gibb is kind of like, okay, like, I don't, I don't know. Like I don't think that he seems dark, Um, but you know, she doesn't, also, this bitch doesn't do anything. She knows what being dark means. She knows what happens to people who are dark. She doesn't, like, call the police and say, I'm afraid that my friend is going to murder her child. And also, she doesn't ask where Tylee is. She doesn't say, hey, where's Tylee? Oh, my God. So, honestly, oh, honestly, what is... All of these people are fucking brain dude, dead. It's horrific. So, and this is, like, probably the saddest and most, like, fucked up part of this. Because JJ, I mean, like... He's a tiny child, like, and he's an, I mean, like, he did not, neither he or Tylee did anything to deserve this, and, like, they're, like, innocent victims of this insanity, like, so, on this night, like, uh, JJ kind of gets upset about something, and, you know, Lori's like, he's, he's possessed by the devil, so Alex takes him and brings him up to his apartment, and, and Melanie says that later that night, she sees Alex leaving, um, or bringing JJ down the stairs and JJ is limp in his arms and she thinks that it's a sweet moment because it's like he's clearly fallen asleep in Alex's arms and she doesn't say anything about it. However, cell phone data shows that when he leaves the apartment holding JJ, he goes to Chad's property. So he literally carried either either he was sedated or he was dead. He was probably I think he was probably dead because I don't think that they like I mean, I really hope he was dead because Right, but it's like at that point, someone literally witnessed him in, right. in. I mean, maybe it was at night, but like, for lack of a better word, in broad daylight. Yeah. Fucking just. And he goes over there and at this point, you know, like, I think he only stays there for like 10 minutes because I think Chad had dug the grave and like already. And so he like goes there, comes back um, the next morning. Melanie's like, where's JJ? And she's and. uh Lori's like, he went so crazy. He was like possessed by Satan last night. He was crawling up the walls and like was on top of the cabinet and was yelling about Satan. And like, so Alex, Alex has him. And she's, and Melanie's like, "Hmm, okay. Um, bitch. Oh my God. I don't, I'm exhausted right now. It's awful. Um, I'm exhausted by the amount of stupidity. It's incredible. It's incredible. (laughs) Oh my God. Um, so yeah, then, um, lo and behold, uh, both, both bodies are found in the exact places where Alex was, uh, where his cell phone showed him to be on the night where both of them disappeared, on each night where both of them disappeared. Tylee's body had been burned, uh, JJ's body, uh, wasn't burned, I guess it was just buried in the, um, in the pet cemetery. Um, and yeah, that's, that's where things stand now. So, uh, it seems to me like maybe either, either Lori poisoned them or Alex poisoned them. Alex definitely disposed of the bodies and Chad helped. Um, 
And all of this was just so that Lori and Chad could be together. And the fucked up thing is that, like, none of this, none of this had to happen at all. Like, right. they could have just gotten divorces. Like, Lori was in the process of getting a divorce. Like, Chad could have just left Tammy and, like, started a new life. They could have run off together and lived in Hawaii. She could have given... Right. But that's the thing, though. Like, that's the thing. Like, how many times are you listening to stories about, like, I couldn't get divorced, so I killed them? Like, that, it's, I, it's more often than not when someone kills their spouse, they're like, well, he was a deacon or some shit. Mm -hmm. And they're like, so he couldn't get divorced. So, but if she died of natural causes, well, then everything was going to be fine. It's It's like, like, it's like the, the easiest thing is maybe like, I just like I don't see how murder is like less emotionally trying than divorce because I think that they I think these people once this person is dead they're obviously they in some way can compartmentalize and pretend it didn't happen Mm -hmm. and so once they're dead it's like they feel I'm sure they just feel free yeah and I mean they can they I don't know like they have all these like insane like they i really truly think that they deluded themselves into believing all this nonsense about the zombies and that they were really freeing them and that like you know when she said the kids were safe she meant like their souls were safe you know like and maybe she truly believes that i think that she probably does but i mean like that's not i hope i hope in jail she's getting like the psychiatric help that she needs and i hope that at her trial that she's been like on whatever medication she needs to be on to understand that like these are delusions and that she can like really feel the uh, like the true effects of her actions and like really feel you know what i mean like i hope oh totally and then i hope she rots in prison for the rest of her life same absolutely yeah all of them rotten like and i'm a little worried because it's like obviously alex was very involved in this and he's dead so he's he's a good scapegoat they can see but the thing is like do you think that it was possibly Chad or Lori that killed him so that if they got caught, he wouldn't be able to speak on it? Yeah, I do. I do. I don't think that he died of natural causes, no matter what that autopsy said. I don't, I think it's a fucking insane coincidence that he would, that he would die in a very similar manner to how, to how Tammy died. Right. In, in such a, like, while all of this was like starting to come to a head while the I bet it was Chad. I bet it was Chad that murdered him because he didn't like want any of it to get out yeah yeah and um, it's easier to kill people clearly i mean it's easy for them they seem I, to have oh a great trap i mean so many people have died. like it's so so sad. many people are dead at their hands and so yeah. i'm interested to see the i mean will there be a trial i don't know it's i don't know if they're gonna plead i think chad is pleading not guilty so i think there's probably gonna be a trial for him no shit. Um, I don't know what Lori is like. Lori so far has only really been charged with child abandonment because like they hadn't, you know, found the kids yet. So now I yeah. think she's going to be charged. Like there's going to be more charges coming. There's going to be a lot of things happening with this case. I mean, as well, it, it has she's going to be past- charged. She's going to be charged for sure because they have now they have evidence that they were at her home. Yeah. And also like with the cell phone data, like I'm sure they have her cell phone data. I'm sure yeah. they have Chad's cell phone data. I'm sure that they, and they can also, like, because they've, you know, this was only for specifically, like, the the data that they released, like, yesterday was only specifically for, like, these times. Mm -hmm. But they can also probably see, was Alex in the same plate, like, was Alex near Brandon when he was shot at? 
was right. Alex near Tammy when she was shot at? Was where was Lori during all of this? Like, oh, where I'm was, sure. So I, I mean, was just like, gonna say they're probably gonna be able to connect Alex now to, um, yeah. to Tammy's death. It, well, maybe not necessarily her death, yeah. but to her attempted murder. And mm-hmm. I mean, and maybe I don't know. Can they reopen? Like, if the murderer is now dead, like, can they reopen the? case with Charles and make it so it's not self-defense anymore? I mean, I think that they can, like, reclassify it for sure. Yeah, they fucking should. I think that they have. Because also, if Lori ordered it, like, she's still culpable for the murder. Right. If Lori was the person who said, you know, kill him, which obviously she was. (laughs) Yeah. Like, then, you know, she it's like she hired Alex to be her hitman, basically. And, like, Alex, like, knocked off everyone. Oh my gosh! And then, then they killed him. So Those I mean, poor babies. I know it's truly like I was. I mean, I knew I knew intellectually that the kids were dead. Like I knew right. that. Yeah, like, I knew that. Like when I first, I was like, these. There's no way that these kids are alive. But like, also, there have been a lot of like, I was I was holding on to some like very irrational hope that they were like locked in a bunker somewhere because there's a lot of like crazy religious sex that like you know that like would hide kids in a yeah. bunker somewhere like i'm thinking I, like waco yeah. or whatever you know what i mean like people yeah. who would like keep keep children under you know, like maybe a kimmy schmidt situation like, right maybe maybe tylee had been like married off to somebody maybe jj wasn't you know what i mean like i know knows? and so i was I've, really yeah. hoping that that was the case and that like that would be the outcome where they would find the children alive and that they could tell their own story um, but you know what? Once that, once a mother doesn't produce a single photo or t- like mm-hmm. all she had to do, and that's if that was the case, then it wouldn't be hard for her to go snap a picture with a timestamp and show it. No, it wouldn't. It wouldn't, and she couldn't. And that and was she why. couldn't. And, and the whole the whole thing was just like I mean, the fact that people were supporting her, the fact that her family was like, I'm sure they're fine, and they were like, so everyone in her circle was so smug and so just like whenever they were interviewed was just like disgusting like the way all of you it was so can, casual ugh. and like people are overreacting and it's like no all of you can get fucked like these are the children are missing where are the children and like poor fucking colby like he's like begging his mother like where are my siblings i want to see my sit like please it's so awful oh yeah, so oh I mean that's where things that's, stand right now. Yeah. I don't know. I hope that I gave you a good a, a good overview there. I hope I um, followed it. That's good. Well, at least we I, got one one person on board. I followed it, and I have a really hard time following things. So God bless. Great, great. Well, no, I thought you did fantastic. Oh, I mean, there's so much more too. Like I again, I didn't really go that deeply. I would say if you're if what I said today piqued your interest at all. Check out all the resources that I said it before. We saw the Devil podcast. Um, there's a great Dateline episode about it. There's um, the Christmas Misery Facebook group, the Lori Vallow Reddit sub. Um, what else? I don't know. There's just and some of the things you can look into, like the sub the sub things that I didn't get into, would be like Julie Rowe. Um, Mm -hmm. Melanie Gibb and just like looking into a vow and preparing a people and like their beliefs in general that whole thing is its own rabbit hole that you can get completely lost in like there's um, Ian Pulowski who married um, Lori's niece gave a very very crazy statement to the police um, in late December 
about how he was he like went to the fbi basically and was like i married crazy oh shit um, he's they're still together and she's pregnant now but like his statement wait to the police, this is Lord, the Mel- the melanie the ne- yeah the niece the niece oh shit they're still married i don't know whatever but like if if you want to read that statement it's really revealing about all the things they believe it goes way more in depth than i did and it explains mm-hmm. a little lot better from like an outsider's perspective and he's also mormon so like he kind of tells the thing you know like he can be like this is normal this isn't so that's that's something good to look into if you're interested in that and then what else like i mean oh uh chad's adult children have been acting really weird like one of them yeah where are they well they were like on his side one of them posted on reddit when his mom first died be when their mom first died saying like you know, my um, my mom died suddenly. My dad got me re- remarried really quickly. My aunt has been, like, saying, like, there's been rumors that my father's involved. I don't believe that he is. I don't know what to do. Like, all this stuff. So you can you can find that out there. People were just, wow. like, immediately, like, we know that <laughs> people immediately kind of jumped and were like, uh, this is definitely <laughs> one of the Daybell kids. Um, one of his daughters has been, like, photographed, like, done all- Every time, like, there was news cameras in front of his house, she'd, like, pull up and be, like, eh, and, like, just make faces behind the reporters and just, like, act really strange. Um, I mean, I it's also, like... I don't think that they knew about it. I, don't I was think, just going to say, think, it's not like they... I, I would be shocked if they had any idea or had any involvement in it. No, I, I don't I don't think that his children had any involvement. No, because they were that, grown. Know, it's also, it's hard, like, when it's your family you know to you you love your dad you were you know like you right you believe him you love your mom you you saw your parents relationship you thought it was great you don't want to believe that your dad is capable of murdering your mom let alone burying the bodies of his mistress's children right. in the backyard like right i mean you, you so it's it's a lot of like it's a lot of stuff you have to get through with like just realizing that maybe your family's not perfect or you know just right and and who knows like who knows what he raised them to believe like uh, he they probably really believe that he was a prophet and that all this you know like so yeah i mean if you're indoctrinated into that i mean yeah. that's you what grow you grow up, up believing like that, yeah so i don't know i don't blame his children um i don't i don't think they were involved at all i feel honestly really really terrible for them and i can only imagine what this would be what this would be like to find right. out that your father is oh my gosh is like a monster literally um, like an an actual monster yeah. um it's like that one girl i watched a documentary god this is pointless because i can't fucking remember any details about what i'm about to say <laughs> but i watched a documentary about a, a the daughter of i think it was either like it was a big hitter it was like either like gary ridgeway or like or btk yeah i think it was btk yeah um and that was i mean she's so well spoken and just the way she speaks about it but like her dad is a fucking literal lucifer monster walking on this earth you know what i mean like how do you process i mean it's just and wild. it's like you know when that DNA lives inside of you. It's like it's just like you're like, yes. is, is that me? Does yeah, that mean that I'm bad. Like, I right? Mean, I can only, like what? And it, of course it doesn't. But also like you know it's hard to separate yourself from. It's hard to separate mm-hmm. like the picture that you have in your head of something that you love that you grew up with that you. And like, he was like a like big in the church. Mm-hmm. Had a family. Was very like that's BTK. Ooh, that's that's a yeah. that's one that's hard to digest. Yeah, I mean. I just 
So, yeah, I mean, looking into the adult kids is one thing you can, I mean, I'm trying to think of, there's, like, just so many different little avenues that you can follow um, to, if you're interested in this. And I, again, I think even though this has been, like, two and a half hours, I only scratched the surface. Of yeah, it. and we'll do, we'll do an update once, once more stuff comes out. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, there's um, definitely going to be more, I mean, again, it's, like, every it's developing. day something yeah. new It's a out. developing story. So, we've never done a developing story, I don't think. No, we haven't. Um, so yeah, well, there you have it, folks. Uh, fuck them all. Yeah. Uh, and they are hopefully going to bring justice to all of the people that were lost at the hands of these absolute monsters. Yeah. I really, really hope that, you know, this doesn't turn into like a Casey Anthony situation. Oh my God. It can't. It can't. Like, it cannot. I... Can't. No. I mean, they have to like even if even if they weren't directly responsible, like even if Lori and Chad weren't the people who killed the children, they knew they need like they they directed it, they wanted it to happen. It was all in service of their plan. And I there's to me if I if I went to your house because you asked me to and murdered your partner in front of you. You are also a murderer. Yeah. Like... And, and then I didn't... Uh, 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 I mean, like, that's... <laughs> you, it, you... And you helped me cover... Like, you are also a murderer. I don't care if you didn't, quote-unquote, pull the trigger. You are a murderer. Yeah. Yeah. So hopefully Period, point is, blank. I mean, I just... They also have... They both have really shitty lawyers. That's another thing you can look into, was, like, Chad's lawyer was um, convicted of like raping somebody in his office oh good what the fuck and like somehow still has a law license like i don't understand I'm, like i'm shocked chad isn't <laughs> representing himself i'm honestly shocked too and Lori's lawyer is like super unprepared and like doesn't know what he's doing either like stumbled his way through the last case file i mean it was just like when you watch it you're like you're a fucking idiot and she literally muttered on her way out of court well that was a waste of money <laughs> <laughs> oh well you're a waste of a life yeah, so you're a waste of a person yeah um, so goodbye yeah. i don't know oh my man. gosh all right well Woo! stay tuned yeah stay, stay tuned, tuned. Um, did you have you been uh watching anything over the past like three months that we haven't <laughs> oh my gosh uh other than the news um yeah i mean I don't even think I kept a list of all the horror films that I've watched. I've watched, I just decided to watch Brahms, The Boy 2, the other day, which Bra- was the worst. Oh my god, I want to watch, is that, is it good? No. It's, no. it is so bad. Um, actually, you know what, it's not bad until the last, like, 30 minutes. It's, it's tolerable for the first, like, hour and a half. And then you get to the last 30 minutes and you're like, wow, I, re- I regret this I decision wholeheartedly. Yeah, I, uh, I'll never get this time back, even in quarantine. Um, no, I don't think there's anything, like, really that I've been really keeping up with. I've been trying to mostly just learn as much as I possibly can about black history and take in everything I can, uh, in that department. Um, lots of movies, yeah. Lots of books. Lots 13th of... on Netflix is really great. Yes. Um, oh, I watched, oh my god, I'm like, I went through basically everything that Jane Elliott has ever done or said. Like, she's oh, yeah. this, like, really f- amazing educator who, um... She's been around for... She's been around since 
the Nin- 80s, well, no? she came to prominence in 1968 because she, at, like, the day after um, Martin Luther King was killed, she was an elementary school teacher, and she, like, mm-hmm. went into her all-white classroom in Iowa and... Um, Started those experiments, yeah? Yeah, and they were like, why did they kill that man? And she was like, how do I explain racism to a bunch of white kids who, like, do not understand and have never... Lots of them have never even mm-hmm. met anybody of a different race so she did she started she did this experiment called the blue eye brown eye experiment yeah um where she basically like set people up by i don't know it's i'm not even she, gonna get into it no but she, she made know. the rounds on like every oh, single yeah. talk show every i mean she's i remember seeing videos of her when like youtube first came out like when i was in like early high school you know she's she's yeah there is a really yeah. good i mean i like i feel like this experiment that she does and she's refined it over the years and she's still doing it and she does it with college kids she does it with elementary school kids she does it with like businesses and it just is a really like intense and like submersive brilliant way of explaining racism to people who have never and, and privilege to people who have never had to think about it before right i i definitely recommend there's a video of of her doing this with a group of college kids from like i think the early 2000s or late 90s that is about an hour long. You can find it on YouTube, and it's like blue eye, brown eye. I think that's what it's called. Um, just look that up. It's like a like fifty nine minutes long or something. So that's is that the one where the know. girl like gets up and leaves and then tries yeah. to come back. Yeah. 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 Um, and it's if you watch the whole thing, it's like it's really really interesting. And mm-hmm. I mean, I was like sobbing. <laughs> yeah, it's so important. It is. It's, it's. I mean, and we can all we all have to do the work (laughs) and Mm -hmm. like i'm honestly so tired of hearing like oh if you're if you're if you're fatigued if you have ally fatigue it's like fuck off man like like, this is you don't get to be fatigued right like caring about other people like go eat something and then come back right i mean like it's you no matter how fatigued you are from thinking about racism like all the time for like the past like two weeks like think about how fatigued people are from living it their entire fucking lives like right. it's not yeah it's that's something that like you can you don't have to think about it all the time like you actually don't have to think about it. like it's like i don't know well, it, and i pray to god like, yeah i mean i understand like it's the same kind of where people are like i'm so tired you know it's like with me too you know like oh it's so it's so hard to be con it's like it's yeah so it's exhausting. hard to be like you know a woman all the time right it's so hard i don't want to see the gays and i don't want to see black it's like you know what you know what i pray to god that eventually hopefully in our lifetime but maybe not hopefully in our children's lifetime that you don't have to think about racism anymore because it won't exist yeah and and i I do believe that people can get there yeah i you know we just have to dismantle the system that this country was built on which is absolutely absolutely we have to take a look at how we as white people have benefited from it in almost every aspect of our lives so invisibly in ways that we don't even think about or see and it's it is hard to my mid my mid 60s white straight dad is finally starting to unpack these things and really wrap his head around it. And if that's happening, then you can fucking get over a little bit of fatigue and keep going. Yeah, yeah. You know, like I've seen so many people who are like starting to unpack this with their old white parents. Yeah. And they're starting to unpack it. And that, my friends, is you got to just keep going. Yeah. So, you know, keep sharing resources, keep educating yourself, keep 
you know keep on keeping on so i mean maybe we can just end this off with like what what have you been donating to or like what so um some of the places that i've been obviously i've donated to black lives matter i've donated to i'm trying to donate to places right near me i'm trying to be a little bit more local so the main one that i've been donating to is called feed the west side it's also known as the john walt foundation and um the girl's name on venmo is nichelle pew and we can put this info in um it's on my personal instagram but i can share it on the ghoul gang instagram but um they are you can donate actual things that they're collecting like prepackaged foods they need uh things for babies diapers baby food stuff like that or you can just directly venmo nichelle at the john walt foundation on their venmo and then they'll go and purchase things for that foundation Mm -hmm. um and i like that because it's local it's getting to directly to people who need it um and you can also go and drop it off too um and so there let's see if they you can go to their actual uh instagram which is john walt foundation and it gives you all of the places you can drop or donate to so that is my uh the um foundation that i would recommend donating to they really need it um their most recent um instagram post is celebrating juneteenth and it tells you uh where to get um free meals so if you need to go get free meals they have two separate locations and it's listed on their instagram under the john walt foundation which is john walt and then fdn that's where you can find it on instagram that's awesome Um, yeah yeah i've i mean i've donated to like you know black lives matter obviously Mm -hmm. and like I started because, I mean, I'm originally from the Twin Cities, so this, I mean, I was maybe, all this, all of this started happening, and I, you know, was really upset about it before it, it kind of swept across the nation, so I donated to a lot of, like, local Minneapolis things that don't yeah. need money anymore, um, but I, what I've been doing recently is trying to find GoFundMes and uh, Cash App and Venmos of black trans women who mm-hmm. need help either funding... Um, you know, finding safe places to live or um, funding gender reassignment surgery or whatever. Just I've just been trying to donate directly to help individual people. So that's I've basically just been like searching on Twitter, looking for people who have GoFundMes who are like, I'm black and trans. I need help. And I've just been throwing my money there. Yeah. And we can, I mean, no, that's great. And we can share those handles on our Instagram as well. I will, I will go through and there's actually, I was trying to pull it up, but I found this thread, um, like two days ago, I think that was like kind of a roundup of a lot of the ones that I'd found individually, but Mm -hmm. I had a couple more. Um, so yeah, I mean, obviously this is, this isn't going to solve everything, but I do think it's good to, you know, if do what you can, like if if you can protest, if you don't have money, go out and protest. If you can't protest, you know, um, share, watch, share watch things YouTube on your videos yeah. that like have um, there are lots of YouTube videos you can watch that like have all the ad revenue being donated to Black Lives Matter. You can, you know, share information on social media and you can just continuously educate yourself. Like you don't have to if you don't have money to give like that's not the only thing that you can give. But right. it's something, you know, I, I was I went to a protest and I mean, I just, I just get, I'm still scared about COVID. I'm just so fucking scared. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's still, it is, so it I've is a thing. Now, Wear of, a fucking mask. It's a yeah. thing and it's scary. I and say, I'm though, like the protests I've been to have been so 
like respectful in terms of COVID. Like, I mean, there's been people standing on every street corner with hand sanitizer, extra masks. People are respecting the six feet away social distancing rules. People are all wearing masks. Mm-hmm. I mean, like it's like you. I went to a protest in downtown Chicago, and it was like the entire loop was shut down. It was thousands and thousands of people, and I don't think I saw one person, other than the police, that weren't wearing masks. Yeah, and I was, I was like, wow. That's how <laughs> I mean, it was in Boys Town. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, yeah I mean, it's it, we're living through fucking wild times, man. But you know, every we can all make a difference in our own ways. Yeah, um, every little just, bit counts. Yeah. And uh, fuck Lori Vallow. <laughs> fuck, fuck Lori Vallow and kind of also fuck Lori Lightfoot. Uh, yeah, uh, kind of also fuck Lori Lightfoot. Yeah. <laughs> We're not going to get into that. It's time. It's time for right. us to go. Um, signing off as, uh, you know, two bisexual white <laughs> women. Given our opinion, given given you guys, you know, you know what the world needs is just more white women giving their opinions. It's I truly, feel like white I truly women need to weigh in on this situation. Truly, I know you guys are just really wanting our opinion Everyone on all was this. Clamoring, being like, you know what we need in this conversation is another white voice, a white voice. <laughs> um, we're happy to give it. <laughs> you know. We'll shut up now. You guys can tell us to fuck off. All right. Well, creep it but real, y'all. We creep it real. Um, and we'll hopefully be back sooner than, uh, you know, however long it has been since our <laughs> last episode. But you and know what? We're making no promises. We're making no promises, but we are. And I'm going to just do a shameless plug right now. Should have done it right at the top, but maybe we'll put a poll on our Instagram or something. Caroline and I are thinking about starting a new podcast. So if you guys would listen to a podcast, uh, we're still, you know, mulling over some of our key ideas, but basically it's just going to be two uh, nasty bisexuals talking about some nasty stuff. So mostly, you know, reviewing... (laughs) Reality TV shows, PBS documentaries, early 2000s. We were thinking about starting with Frontier House. Uh, We, I I think everyone's been waiting for the bisexual take on Frontier House. (laughs) I think honestly, if you haven't been waiting for that, where have you been? Where have you been? Why? Why don't you want to know? Are you homophobic? It sounds like it. It Sounds like you're biphobic. (laughs) So fuck you guys, and uh, if you're into that. Yeah, let us know. We'll make it happen, yeah. Anyway. Uh, Anyway. Uh, Uh, 